0: On this episode, you're going to see the Godhead in a way that most of you have never seen before. And women, you're going to see yourself in a much greater light than this masculine world has projected you to be. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for. Until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out of body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready, we're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm excited about getting into this teaching because Jesus said the truth will set you free. And for thousands of years, this masculine-dominated world has not told the truth about the Godhead and has not told women the truth about who they really are. Let me say right up front, I'm not going to give my opinion. The Bible says that we are ambassadors sent from God to earth, and an ambassador does not give his opinion of his kingdom. He only speaks what his kingdom has decreed. And what the kingdom of God has decreed about the Godhead and man and woman's role is very clear when you go to the original writing before this masculine dominated world gets a chance to interpret it in his favor. I am embarrassed by the fact that it took me so long to see this, but I too was duked by this male dominated world that even impacts God's kingdom and the church. Even today, there are many who believe that women should not be preachers and teachers. In this teaching, I'm gonna show you that women are much more than this passive female who can only take care of the home. I'll show you from scripture that women are far more powerful than that. Then I'm gonna get into what determines if I'm feminine or masculine. How do I know? How do I know my role? So many are confused about who they are. And most want to be politically correct, and therefore they don't want to deal with it. And others who are attempting to tell the truth are not doing it in love. It's one thing to tell the truth. It's another thing to tell the truth in love. If not for love for people, I would say to the Lord, not me, Lord. Pick someone else to deal with this. But love compels me to tell the truth. Okay, let's get started we're going to start with the Godhead. Is the Godhead only masculine? And if he is, does that mean that woman is not the image of God? We're going to start in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Here's what it says. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. I'm going to read that last verse again. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Notice that God said, let us. Who is us he is talking about? I'll get into that later. But notice it says he created both male and female in his image. Now, some say that only man was made in the image of God because God made man first and then later God made woman. Well, let's look at that. All right. I'm in Genesis chapter two, verses 20 through 23. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found an help made for him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto Adam. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Now notice it says that she was taken out of man. So for those who will say only man was made in the image of God, where did woman come from? She came out of man. She was already in man from the start. So both are the image of God. If so, then common sense would tell us that there is a masculine and feminine part of God. But I'm not going to just use common sense. I'm going to prove it with so much scripture from both the Old and the New Testament that will leave no doubt unless you refuse the truth of the scripture. Not my opinion. Now we know about the masculine side of God because he is constantly referred to as father. Where is the feminine side? Let's go to the beginning at Genesis verses 1, 1 and 2. Now, this is the first book of the Bible. This is at the beginning of creation. Here's what it says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. The word for spirit here is ruach. I may not be pronouncing that right. I'm not a, a Hebrew scholar. It's spelled R-U-A-C-A. Now, in English, it is translated spirit sometimes, sometimes wind, or sometimes breath. Now, in the Hebrew, the word ruach is a feminine now always. So the spirit hovering over the earth, according to the Hebrew original writing of the Old Testament, is a she. Father God spoke from heaven, but she brought it into being. Now, I know this is hard for people to swallow. This word hover is only used one other time in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 11. Let's look at that. Here's what it says. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wing. So the Lord alone led him, and there was no foreign God with him. Now, the Hebrew word hover here is the same word that was used in Genesis. Both are the same Hebrew word. But in Deuteronomy 32, 11, it's referring to a mother eagle. Now, I want you to stop and think for a minute. Look at this powerful female that we're seeing here. Created the world as Father God spoke. A powerful bird is an eagle. We're seeing more than this passive female the world and the church has portrayed. Now, Solomon was the wisest man to ever walk the earth. What does he have to say about this? Let's go to Proverbs chapter three. Here's what it says. Happy is a man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that thou notice it says she. Talking about wisdom. She is more precious than rubies and all the things that thou canst desire not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retains her. The Lord, by wisdom, has founded the earth. Isn't that something? By understanding has he established the heavens by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down their dew now remember that the hebrew word for the spirit hovering over the earth to bring forth creation is a feminine now word and solomon is saying she wisdom who was there at the founding of the earth is a she wisdom founded the earth let's go further proverbs eight twenty-two to 30 the lord Possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, or even the earth was, when there was no depths, I was brought forth, when there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills were brought forth, while as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depths, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the fountains of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. Now it's talking about wisdom here. Wisdom is referred to as a she who helped bring forth and establish the earth. But keep in mind, it was Father God who spoke, just like we're reading here. It was Father God who spoke. Now, God identified himself, as I said, as two animals, an eagle and a lion. We saw the eagle in Deuteronomy 32, 11. What is it about the lion? First of all, The male lion is the king of the jungle, but it's the lioness, the female, that goes out and does most of the hunting. She's not just home taking care of the little cubs, which is her responsibility, but she's also a powerful hunter. She does most of the hunting. Now, who is it that empowered Jesus? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 11, and Isaiah is foretelling of the coming of Jesus. Let's read it, verses one and two. Now, there shall come for the rod of the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This is referring to Jesus and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and the spirit of wisdom, oh, wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now, this is the same spirit of God that was hovering over the earth the same spirit of wisdom that Solomon called a she. Now, listen to Job chapter 33, verse four. Here's what it says. Now, this is the uh, current translation of it. It says that the spirit of God, verse uh, Job 33, four, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty has given me life. Now, the restored Hebrew text with the correct gender, reads this way. The Spirit of God, she has made me. And the breath of the nursing God, she gives me life. Now, Job was the richest man in the land, and then God doubled that. Now, did Job know something about the Godhead that caused him to prosper? So let's look at what we've seen here. She, Holy Spirit, was the one that brought forth creation when Father God spoke. She brought life and light to the darkness that was on earth. This mirrors the same operation of man and woman. Now you might say, how? Well, Jesus said, now follow me here. Jesus said in John six sixty three, my words are spirit and life. If his words are spirit and life, then the words the father spoke in the beginning are spirit and life. In addition, Jesus said in Luke 11, I'm sorry, Luke Eight, verse 11, Jesus calls the word of God seed. So God's words are seed and they are life. Who conceived the seed in the beginning? Holy Spirit received what God spoke, conceived them and brought forth creation, brought forth life. Is this not a mirror of the man and the woman he created in his image? They created in his image. Man releases seed into a woman that brings forth life, just like the Godhead. Looks like the image of God to me. Now, I'm going to show you this same process in the virgin birth of Jesus. But first, why does it appear that Jesus and the New Testament call Holy Spirit a he or an it, but never a she? Well, while the Hebrew follow me, I'm, I'm taking my time with this so you can really get this. While the Hebrew language is gender-specific, referring to Father God as masculine and the Spirit of God as feminine, the Greek language, which is the original writing of the New Testament, is not gender-specific. The word for spirit is pneuma, P-H-E-U-M-A. I may not have said that right, but that's the spelling. It's neutral. It's not gender-specific like the Hebrew language. There is no gender at all attached to the word. Therefore, it's not Jesus calling Holy Spirit a he or an it. It's the translators. The Greek word is neutral and could be a he, a she, or an it. Now, there's another Greek pronoun used in the New Testament to describe Holy Spirit. It's uh, the word autos. Now, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Here's what it says in the King James Version. The Spirit itself bears witness with our Spirit that we are the children of God. The word here is autos and could have been translated it, he, or she. It is also sometimes translated he along with it, but it is never translated she. I wonder why. Now, let's look at the characteristics of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament to see which gender should have been used. John 16, verse 7. Here's what it says. This is Jesus talking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you, which is what the translation says. Well, let's look at the characteristics of a comforter. Does it sound like it's a masculine or a feminine characteristics? I'll let you decide. Sounds more feminine. Uh let's go to ephesians ephesians chapter 4 let's go to ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 and 30 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption grieve not the holy spirit does that sound more like a masculine characteristic or feminine characteristic, to grieve. Sounds like it's more of the the delicate one. These characteristics seem to be that of someone feminine, like the eagle in the Old Testament. But we also saw the feminine spirit create the earth in power. So where can we see both characteristics in the New Testament? Let's go now and let's go look at the baptism of Jesus. I'm in Matthew chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 13. Then comes Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John, to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and come you to me. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer to be so now, for so it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus... When he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God, listen to this, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Then was Jesus led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. So he's led by Holy Spirit to be tempted of the devil. Now, let's look at what we're seeing here. We're seeing Holy Spirit on Jesus as a gentle dove. And then we're seeing powerful Holy Spirit leading Jesus into the wilderness, empowering him now to take on Satan. So we're seeing that delicate side that we saw in the Old Testament. And then we're seeing that powerful side of creation that brought creation into being. This is the true image of woman who was made in the image of God, the feminine part of God. But understand, she is totally submitted to Father God. She is his delight, as Proverbs said, and they're working together as a family. Now, I said I was going to show you that the son of this family, Jesus Christ, was birthed in the same manner that man and woman brings forth life. Seed by man, received by woman, and she brings forth life. Let's look at Luke chapter 1, verse 35. This is where Mary is told that she's going to give birth to the Messiah, Jesus. Luke 1:35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. Now, you may say, Harold, you said, that the Father gives the seed and Holy Spirit brings forth the light. I'm only seeing Holy Spirit here. Where is the seed from God? I'm glad you asked. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Here's what it says. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. This is talking about when the serpent was used to deceive man. Upon your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. This is God. Now getting God the Father, getting ready to talk to Satan in verse 15. Here's what he says. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head, but you shall bruise his heel. Now, notice that God said, way back at the beginning of man's fall, that the seed of woman would bruise Satan's head. This is the seed that Holy Spirit took to bring forth life within Mary, what, thousands of years after this was spoken. And remember now, Jesus said the word of God is seed. So God spoke the seed, and Holy Spirit brought forth Jesus to life in Mary. Now, this is a true picture of the Godhead. Man and woman were both made in the image of God. I'm going to get into this further in the next episode, but I'm also going to get in next episode. Am I masculine or am I the feminine part of God, of the Godhead? And how do I know? What is my role? Now, you that are listening may already know, but I guarantee you what I cover will help you to help others who may not know. And again, I'm not going to give my opinion. I'm going to tell you what the word of God says. I got more on this and we're going to get deeper into this. Uh, on the next episode let me say right here if you don't know our living Savior Jesus Christ you can get to know him now pray this prayer with me say God I believe that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for my sins Jesus I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior help me to live this life thank you that's it it's that simple if you believe what you just prayed he has come in Start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life and he'll begin to show himself unto you. Okay, we'll see you on the next episode.